Today's episode is brought to you by The Gallery. Based out of New York, The Gallery is a curated collection of photographs from around the world. While we are all unable to travel, this is a great way to bring a piece of the world to you, or if you're like me and don't really leave your apartment to begin with. All prints are made from 100% recycled aluminum, giving your wall that gallery finish. Right now, The Gallery is offering our listeners 15% off their purchase by using the code 15OFF. Go to thegallery.com, that's G-A-L-R-Y.com, so your wall will never be boring again. From the middle of the 20th century in the United States of America, hundreds and hundreds of teenage boys and girls are becoming hopeless dope addicts every year. It's fantastic. Welcome to the Pretty Girl Pill Club, where we're the problem. Yep. How's it going, Ronnie? Ah, it's actually pretty good. That's good. That's good to hear. I feel like I'm doing pretty well today, too. I feel like this is the first day that I've, like, woken up and, like, been ready and, like, wanting to, like, do stuff, you know, in a minute. I've been watching uh, movies again. Oh. What movies? Uh, They were, like, horror movies. (laughs) Uh, Oh, nice, nice. I watched Alien the other day, and it's wild how much time I was able to focus. (laughs) Because I usually only prefer, like, short shows because I'm like, eh, okay, moving on. Yeah, I feel that. I can focus now for an hour and 40 minutes at least. So Mm. that's kind of opened up a lot of new possibilities for me in terms of doing things. (laughs) Funny you should say that because there's a YouTube channel we've referenced a lot on this show, but The Right Opinion, he posted a video yesterday. It's, like, one of his, like, typical, like, documentary-style, like, video essays. I shit you not, it's four hours long. Did you watch it all in one sitting? I, so what happened was I put it on and then I would fall asleep for an hour and then wake up and then figure out at what point I fell asleep at and go back. Mm-hmm. I'm not even done with it yet. How far in are you? Um. Oh no, I did watch the whole thing. Okay, I think I was just zoned out for the last half an hour. So I might go back and have to rewatch that. <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's a feat in itself. Dude, yeah, I'm like, I saw that in my feed and I was like wait like at first I thought that it might have been a live stream and I was confused because I was like Tro doesn't do live streams what is this because it's the only time anything's like four hours long right right and I was like holy shit but having watched it now even though there were plenty of parts that I zoned out I was like oh I see why this video had to be four hours like you had no choice Although, like he could have done it in multiple parts like his Onision series is three parts and it ends up being about five hours of content altogether, but he did three separate videos. That's a lot of content. Yeah, that's a lot of like having to talk about fucking Onision, dude. Mm-hmm. I would have no brain cells left. You know, it's it's interesting to say that because like, I feel like if you watch like the same thing or like the same genre of something, at least for me, like mm-hmm. when I when I go true crime podcast after true crime podcast, I like my brain hurts a little bit and I'm like, I gotta switch it up. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I feel like I go through phases where I'm only watching like one type of thing. I finally understand why people like watching live streams. I used to not get it at all because like me having like really aggressive ADHD, I was always like, oh, like why would I watch a live stream when I could just watch like a video that's been edited to like take out all of the repetitive stuff and all of the like dead air. And I like thought that was dumb until like I actually started or until I found ones that were like covering topics and genres that I was interested in. Anyway, I feel like uh, quarantine is really getting to me. 
and I am losing it a little bit. And I mean, I've been saying that for weeks, though. I've been saying that for weeks. But I feel like I'm finally getting to the point to where it's like, if I don't have human contact soon, like, I'm probably going to become, like, socially inept, more so than I already am. I went to a set because I was filming something this past weekend. Mm -hmm. And I realized I lost two levels of social skills. Yeah. Like, completely. And I was just like, ah, I got to get those back. Yeah. I got to build up that XP again. What are those two levels? How does it manifest, I guess? Head language in terms of like greeting somebody with the nod of a head. Right. That's gone. And I was just like looking at people and like smiling and nodding and not like, you know, like saying anything when they would like pass by me. So I was like, that's weird. Why am I doing that? Yeah. And then I don't even know. I was just, one, we weren't really supposed to, like, talk because, like, you know, you're not really supposed to spread the virus if you don't have to. Yeah. But it just felt, like, weird. And I was just, like, how long has it been since I've, like, interacted with people in person other than, like, at the store? Yeah. And it's been a long time. Yeah. No, I feel that. Uh, I think my things that I've lost, uh, the ability to, like, make eye contact with people when I'm talking to them. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like I'm just like more awkward in like conversation because like I have nothing to say anymore. There's nothing to talk about. <laughs> There's nothing to talk except for like the same old like, oh yeah, quarantine. It's fucking wild. Like, yeah, no yeah. shit, dude. Like, no shit. Just like feeling awkward in general in my own body and not knowing how to like be like around other people but I mean it's not that different from like how I normally am I guess but I feel like it's definitely significantly degraded which we're gonna get into in this episode but first give me the updates on Meg the Stallion so she's the new global brand ambassador for Revlon so shout out Meg damn that's sick that's the update go her also she dropped a song with uh Cardi B. And it's already on vinyl. Oh, really? I haven't heard it yet. That's the thing. I I thought it was coming out like, you know, later today, like song cycles, but there's like a picture of the vinyl. So I was like, I let me peep it and see if I'm gonna get that vinyl because it looks cool. It's a cool vinyl. Yeah, I'm gonna have to listen to that later. I didn't know that they were coming out with anything. I guess like my finger just isn't on the pulse as much as Ronnie. That's so crazy because, like, for one thing, it's, like, a woman of color being the face of, like, a major, like, multinational cosmetics company. But then it's also, like, a woman in hip-hop, too. Oh, that's my Postmate. Hopeless dope I have Red Bull and Jewel Pods now, so the show is saved. (laughs) You can't, like, do that through the 7-Eleven app, which is, like... And I, yeah, I, like, when I saw that 7-Eleven was came up with the the seven now app or whatever i was so excited because i was like oh yeah they always have like the best prices on jewel pods like it might just be like a california thing because it says on the app like it's like check your location for tobacco availability or something like that so it might just be a california thing but i don't know i mean meh well, there's some states you can't even get cigarettes and stuff like that, so it's state by state. That's very true. Although in California, it is 21. In all the other states, it's 18. Uh, they changed that law when I turned 18. Yeah, I had like a fake, so I was, I was cool. 
I was like, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, no, you were you were just, like, cooler than me. Yeah. I like being able to get weed without having to, like, every, like, year, like, call somebody and be like, hey, so I need a medical license. Yeah, it's great when you can get your drug of choice without having to, like, hit up a sketchy dude. But sometimes the sketchy dude's got the best prices, so... That's true. That's true. I mean, weed was never my drug of choice. Once you find a good drug dealer, though, like, God, this is horrible. <laughs> we should not be saying this. But like, what, what, once you find that the guy that's like the <laughs> homie, then you have like a rapport with them. And then it's right. like fine. And then but like those first couple of times when you don't have that relationship with them yet, it's kind of like it's kind of fucking weird. I had a toxic relationship with one plug because like we would text him, mm-hmm. and he just like would sometimes not text back and so like wait i I think i know who you're talking about actually oh yeah no it was definitely yeah 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 that's who it is and it was it was rough because like you would be like oh yeah i'm bringing stuff through and like this guy's not texting you back and you're like i couldn't get it and then like three days later he'll text you and be like hey man what's up yeah so when i like broke up with him as a plug um i had like one last smoke session with him that was like pretty good yeah, no, I know the guy you're talking about, and that's definitely a thing. <laughs> the more, like, long-term drug dealer relationship I had, it was, like, he was flaky at first, but once, like, we developed that relationship, he was, like, never flaky on me. So I feel like it's just, like, if they don't know you very well, because they don't know how reliable you are yet. Right. And so that's that. I mean, we had, like, a good... This is so bad, dude. I might... <laughs> I might have to cut this. Uh, We had a... we had the type of relationship at one point where sometimes I'd be like I don't really feel like going to meet up with you but like if I give you like 20 extra dollars will you just come over to my house right I could tell that he was like a little bit annoyed every time I did that but I was like it's like I'm sorry you're giving him delivery fee though yeah dude I was like 20 extra dollars on like you know maybe I'm I'm already buying a hundred dollars worth of illicit goods from you it's fine (laughs) What were we even talking about? Oh yeah, we were talking about Meg the Stallion being the were. being the brand ambassador for Revlon. Yeah, that's sick. I think like it's I just think it's cool that it's not only a woman of color, but it's a woman in hip hop, which is it's less palatable to white America or something. Yeah. Yeah, no, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, and especially since like I don't know, you know, you uh like maybe ten years ago or maybe a little more than 10 years ago. So like 13 years ago, it would have been like a a white pop girl maybe. And uh, this really shows like a shift, not a shift in America, but like a shift in like American culture and taste, which is like a big push for like, you know, if you're consuming black media, but you don't care for black people, then that's like a problem. Right, right. Or there's also like the reverse of that, especially like in the beauty industry where it's like, uh, you want to celebrate black people, but like you don't want to celebrate black culture. And you're profiting off their trends a lot of times too. Yeah, yeah. It's like you want to like, you know, you want to capitalize on black women, but you don't want to also embrace like their culture. Because I mean, like as far as like black women that I look up to, I think a lot of like women in hip hop, because for a long time, like women in hip hop was also a thing where like, and still is to a degree, like kind of like a a man's world. And so they're not just celebrating her for being a pretty face, but they're celebrating her for being like a cultural icon. Flo Millie coming up too. I mean, Saweetie got bars now. I mean. Oh yeah, yeah. We tapped in. Yeah. 
I mean, Cardi B's great, whatever. I always feel like Meg Thee Stallion is more talented than her and, like, doesn't get nearly enough, like, mainstream recognition. I think people are starting to recognize Meg. I think Cardi got bars, too. Like, she she got her flow. I liked Invasion of Privacy. It was a good one. Yeah, no, totally. I'm not saying that, like, Cardi B doesn't have bars. I'm just saying, like, I feel like Meg Thee Stallion was, like, overlooked for a really long time. And it seems like silly to me because I'm like, she's on par, if not better than Cardi B. Well, Cardi B wasn't an overnight success either. Like she had, That's it true. was like years where she had like, like a gangsta bitch mixtape volume, like two, you know, dropping like, I don't know exactly when, but that I remember that dropping and that was like a, a minute before Invasion of Privacy dropped, which is like her first like real debut. Yeah, that's true. I guess I'm like talking out of my ass then. It's probably just more of like a time and place thing. Cardi had a hit and then like Meg Thee Stallion came up right behind her. Yeah, I'm just talking out of my ass. Whatever. <laughs> Either way, I'm I'm a Meg Thee Stallion stan. She's, is she an Aquarius? Yeah, she's an Aquarius icon. February 15th, 1995, baby. Her birthday is two days after mine. Damn, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Yeah, that's probably why I'm, like, so biased towards her. (laughs) Point being, I love Meg. I'm happy that she's, like, getting her come up. You know, getting the recognition she deserves. Uh, Do you know anything that's going on with, like, the Tory Lane stuff? Is he, like, I heard, I saw a title of, like, a No Jumper video that was, like, is Tory Lane's getting deported? I didn't watch the video, but I saw that. Oh, yeah, I did hear about that. Yeah. I don't know if it happened or not, but I did hear, like, that was uh, on the table. Yeah, I think it's just, like, a thing that's on the table, but it's not, like, you know, a thing that's, like, happening. Wait, where is he from? I don't know. <laughs> I was, I was gonna say maybe Jamaica. Oh, Canada. Canada. Yeah, that was my guess. Interesting. I did see a tweet about him like a couple of hours ago, where somebody was like, "Tory Lane shot Meg in the foot and then just disappeared." Okay. Well, Complex reported one day ago that Tory Lane's rep shuts down reports that the rapper was deported. Yeah, if he's going to be re- deported, he wouldn't be deported he wouldn't be deported yet because like he would have to be like convicted of it first right i think he's i guess he's probably just like trying to stay out of the i don't know stay off the internet stay out of the public eye for a while yeah but also what the fuck dude i don't know fuck tory lanes that's all i have to say yeah i'm not i'm not really missing him (laughs) i ain't shed no tears yeah yeah i mean Poor Meg, dude. That fucking sucks. I feel bad for her. But, like, she's also, you know, at the same time, like, she's getting the recognition she deserves. You know, last week we were talking about how, like, she wasn't getting, you know, the attention she deserved over it. And, like, it was all about, like, Kanye. But at least with, like, this Revlon stuff and whatever that, you know, she's she's going to get her comeuppance. Comeuppance? Comeuppance? I'm illiterate. That's the word, though. Like, I don't know how to say it. I'm not even going to try to say it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't know, I don't know how to say it. I'm, I'm dyslexic, guys. So for a while, I've been wanting to do an episode about, like, dating and, like, dating stories. And I feel like the timing is right. Especially with corona, we've all, like, forgotten how to be people. And so I feel like, I don't know, I feel like this is a, this is a good time to kind of reflect 
on uh, terrible dating mishaps and stuff. And, you know, I think I said this before in a previous episode about how, like, you know, who do you want to be when you come out of quarantine? And now that it's looking like quarantine is going to be kind of a forever thing, for at least in California, I kind of need to stop using it as an excuse to isolate myself in ways that I don't have to. It's like, I can still talk to people, but I'm using quarantine as an excuse to not. And I don't know if you also feel that way, Ronnie. I remember at the beginning of quarantine when Match.com had that ad where like those people went on that series of like video dates. Oh my god, that's so and awkward. I, don't I could think not. That's real. <laughs> yeah. They're leading people astray. They're bamboozling yeah. them. Nobody's yeah. gonna get on FaceTime for a date <laughs> unless you like know that person and like you've been yeah on real dates so this is definitely a, a good time because it's a date reset for people yeah and and like you know before you hang out with like anybody irl get tested for covid right i've been tested recently yeah i hung out with a dude last night who uh we've like gone out before mm. We met when I was like 20. We went out a few times. And then like over the last couple of years, I feel like every like six months or so, we like go and get drinks and you know, and then nothing ever comes of it. So I'm like apprehensive because I'm like, is this one of those like, you just hit me up like every six months and then like nothing happens? Or are you hitting me up because you're like, you know, I don't know, trying to be an adult and have like an adult relationship with me like I don't know it's unclear like you're yeah maybe that just speaks to like the time at which we met when we met like he was still like in college and like like the first time we hooked up was like in his frat house so like that tells you like all you need to know Mm -hmm. um we're both like older now and with like more established lives. So I don't know. It's weird. It's interesting. I don't have like a lot of like, uh, again, like I'm kind of an emotionless robot. So I'm sort of just like, I'm not like emotionally invested in this, but like, don't waste my time. Like I'm down to like become emotionally invested if it's like worth my time. But I don't know. We had a good hang. It was fine. It was great. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've known him for a long time. We have, like, a lot of mutual friends, whatever. I will say that, like, the sex was less shitty than it used to be. I'll give him props on that. Um, Shout shout out to him. (laughs) Yeah, like, shout out. Shout out to him. It's like, wow, you've really, like, come a long way from drunk hookups in, in your frat house. So I'll give him that. Yeah, with that, though, because I just, like, haven't been social and I haven't been, like, dating in so long... Like I was saying earlier with like, ah, I have, like, I can't, like, make eye contact with people. I feel so, like, weird and out of place. Like, I don't know, man. I don't know, man. Like, how how do I, like, how do, how do I do this? I mean, I was, like, thinking before this episode and I was like, man, I've only been on, like, three dates. But then I was like, no, I just forget a lot. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of dates, you know, you'd rather forget. Like, to that effect, it's always, like hard when there's like a long period in between it because then you're like ah do you like what do you like bread now do you eat bread (laughs) like you i don't know it just always feels weird until like the very end maybe and then it's like ah okay we caught our stride but it's the end so it didn't really matter sometimes yeah it's interesting like when you 
are like actively dating and you get into like a you get into a routine with it you know you have all of your talking points kind of like it ends up becoming kind of robotic because you have all of your talking points like predetermined you know you use the same fucking line or not line but like same jokes on all of them and whatever and you just kind of like hit you get into a routine with it i guess in this instance it's like oh i already know this person i've already like quote unquote not really dated but like kind of like dated this person usually when i have somebody like come over it's like oh my cat is like the huge talking point problem is he's allergic to cats oh damn (laughs) so that was like that killed my one and only talking point so you had to come up with some new material (laughs) i had to come up with new material that wasn't about my cat what am I supposed to talk about if it's not my cat? That's all I talk about on Tinder now, because everyone's like, what's your cat's name? What's she, what's she like? What does she do? Yeah. I mean, he's not terribly allergic to cats. You know, he survived. Mm-hmm. Throat didn't close or anything, yeah. Yeah, I still talked about my cat a lot. I feel like when I don't have, like, that anchor of, like, a subject to keep to, I end up just, like talking way too much and like saying weird things or bringing up really weird things because again it's like I've been home alone for so long at this point it's like the only things like in my brain are like are just like weird niche things that only I care about you know it's like oh want me to tell you all about how like Chris Hansen is kind of a grifter like (laughs) nobody cares (laughs) nobody Mm -hmm. cares about that or, I don't know, or you end up just getting too personal. Does that ever happen to you? I'm, like, always fighting the urge to be like, <laughs> do you want to hear something unsettling and real? Yeah, like, do you want to hear about all of my childhood trauma? Right, <laughs> like, and it's like, no, you can't talk about that. Talk about your uh, favorite music. And so that's usually my, like, second talking point is like, yeah, who do you listen to? Aha, this is who I listen to. I enjoy music. And that's, like, that's yeah. the script. Uh, I will say, though, that he did know a little bit about the whole, like, Chris Hansen drama. And so I was like, oh, good. Okay, let me fill you in since you know a little bit about it. (laughs) But in my head, I was like, what the fuck are you doing? You're so fucking weird. I have to just, like, get more comfortable with the fact that, like, I don't know, that's probably, like, a selling point for me. Being weird? I don't know if, like... Yeah, yeah, I guess just, like, being weird and, like, knowing a lot about really random topics that like no one cares about i have to just kind of like lean into it and kind of be like i don't know that's probably like that's probably a selling point but i also don't know because ah you're like a group of wikis yeah yeah i mean you know how like a lot of people say this who like study adhd say that like it's really common for like people with ADHD to have like one top and it's also like a thing with autism too um I believe I could be wrong but I'm pretty sure that's right that like it's a common trope with like autism and also ADHD where like all of the like everybody who has ADHD or autism they always have like one topic that they know a shit ton about and that they're super confident talking about and especially with ADHD because it's usually like you can only absorb information when you're really interested in it so there's usually like one topic or like one group of topics that you really latch onto and unfortunately for me that's just like weird internet culture and internet drama 
And I'm like, ah, like, I know that like internet culture is becoming more of a normie saying like, it's not 2010 anymore. But at the same time, it's like the amount of knowledge that I have occupying my brain. (laughs) It's like the amount of shit that I know about bronies, the amount of shit that I know about furries. Like it, it's just, it's a little weird and probably off-putting for a lot of people. That's like that, um, like that research you used to do as like a teen when you were really interested in things. And so like, that was your, that was one of your main sources of like reading too, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think like I just grew up on, you know, as a dyslexic person, uh, you know, I really like grew up on like YouTube and shit and like, and would go out of my way to like research and like want to know all of the details because like once I like learn a little bit about something it's like I either want to know everything about it or nothing about it mm-hmm. I don't know I feel like some of this stuff it's like why is this occupying my brain but it's like ugh, this is just who I am I have to accept it I have to lean into it the point of that of me saying all this is that I guess I just don't know how to like uh, I don't know how to have, like, normal conversations with people that are, like, surface. Like, I don't know how to, like, and it, and this also goes back to, like, the fact that, like, you know, my, like, social ineptitude, too, where, like, I'm really good at talking, not so good at listening. I'm really bad at pretending to care about what other people are talking about. You know, it's, like, I don't really care about, like, your job or, like, how your day at work was. Like, I don't, I don't really care. Right. I have, like, a hard time having those normal conversations with people. And that's, like, what dating is. Dating is literally having, like, a lot of, like, really normal, benign conversations. Yeah, absolutely. And having a pet is a great anchor unless they're allergic to your pet. Yeah. Fuck, dude. (laughs) Like, what do you do with that? Ugh. It's so wild because there's nothing going on. And so, like, if I were to, like, go on a date, like, right now, I'd be like, damn, do you ever watch moesha like it, it's all from whatever i've like seen on tv yeah. like how about them lakers right like i don't <laughs> yeah so i think like to give myself like the benefit of the doubt um and to give myself a little bit credit i think i can like have those normal conversations but right now i can't because they're just like there's nothing to talk about that isn't like about corona right. or about like whatever i've like consumed And, like, unfortunately, most of the media I consume is, like, weird bullshit, you know? Yeah, like, 60% for me is, like, true crime. So there's, like, I'm stuck to the 40% that's not crime-based. Yeah. Well, I I mean, like, true crime is, like, pretty, like, normal now. But, like, people either love true crime or they hate it. So it can be polarizing. And for me, it's, like... Want me to, like, dictate to you the entire, like, oral history of Onision's career on the internet and how he's a fucking weirdo? Very niche. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I need maybe I need to date people who are also, like, internet weirdos like me. Yeah, that's, that's, that's an option. Yeah. I always think, like, about true crime. Like, I don't know if I specifically want somebody who's, like, like, if somebody was, like, more into true crime than me, I, I, I don't know if that would be... <laughs> As yeah, fun. I guess I guess like it is cool to be able to talk to somebody about your interests in a way that's like you're kind of teaching them about it. Yeah. And I think I do end up in that place a lot just because like, again, like I said, I either know everything about something or I know nothing about something. I think, yeah, that is kind of cool 
to be able to like teach them about it. And then you could learn stuff too on the other side. So like those differences yeah. and opinions are cool. Yeah. I mean, like he knew a little bit about the whole like Chris Hansen grift and I was like, oh, you know a little bit about that? Let me tell you everything about that. And if you're wondering about the Chris Hansen grift, uh, I'm not going to get into it. It's really long, but I'll link some YouTube videos in the show notes if you're interested in our fallen hero, Chris Hansen. <laughs> Chris Hansen. Chris Hansen. Fucking grifter. It's so sad. Is he grifting through his YouTube channel or is, is yeah. there more at play? No, it's like grifting through. Well, there's more to it. There's more to it. Uh, Ronnie, I'll send you some links and I'll also put them in the show notes if you're interested in the Chris Hansen stuff. Yeah, he started investigating Onision. Right. And ever since that started, like, it's all been downhill from there for Chris Hansen. Because, like, I mean, there are people on YouTube that have been, like, talking about and, like, investigating and documenting Onision's bullshit for, like, 10 years. And then Chris Hansen walks in here and is like, well, I've been a journalist for 40 years, so I know better than you. Uh, that's really cute what you guys have been doing for 10 years, but uh, but uh, let, let the grown-ups take over. His YouTube channel is so low budget, too. Like, <laughs> No, it's so shitty. And, like, he got to the point where it's like, okay, now you're not even interviewing, like, victims anymore. You're interviewing, like, fucking Tumblr blogs. Like, why Why do you need to interview somebody who runs a fucking Tumblr blog about Onision? Like, couldn't you just do that research yourself and, like, report on it? He really fell off. Yeah, and the girl who runs this Tumblr blog that he interviewed was, like, fully, and no shame, I get it, but, like, was, like, on, on the Zans hard, <laughs> like, during that interview. Like, and then, like, said all kinds of, like, crazy, unsubstantiated shit. He should have just stuck to to what he knew you know catching predators this week was wild with the chris hansen drama because there's like four youtube channels that have been like openly criticizing his investigation for months now and all four of those people had their twitter accounts suspended at the same time oh yeah. what yeah and it goes even deeper than that because uh the i believe she's the vice president of twitter's safety council let me look oh yeah okay so del harvey is the vp of twitter trust and safety del harvey was on to catch a predator she was one of the like decoys oh yeah, yeah that name sounds familiar yeah she was like she worked with a uh, perverted justice she was like one yeah. of the people that would like uh like message weirdos online and like and then like be in there and like wave them in and like go into the other yeah. room so chris hansen come out yeah, yeah 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 and now del harvey's the vp of trust and safety at twitter and then like four accounts who are all like people who have like openly criticized chris hansen all get suspended at the same time only one of them has been unsuspended so far that's wild that's actually really wild yeah, and the reason he got unsuspended is because he has, like, a talent manager who, like, you know, threatened litigation with Twitter and, like, was able to, like, get him back. But, yeah, dude, it's fucking crazy. And the guy who's, like, talent manager got his account back. His name's John Swan. Uh, he made two excellent videos about, um, about Chris Hansen, like, documentary-style video essays about Chris Hansen. And, I mean, they're not flattering, 
but they're well researched and you know all of his everything that he's saying has been like substantiated in some way it's wild okay yeah i need to stop talking about chris hansen or that's gonna be like this whole episode but yeah if you're interested in uh in that whole shit that that whole shit if you're interested in that whole thing uh, I'll I'll link uh, John Swan's YouTube channel in the show notes. You should definitely look into that if you're if you're interested. But I know that's not, dude. I I I could almost like start an entire other podcast just just to talk about this kind of bullshit. So I I try to shoehorn it in where I can. <laughs> you gotta give the people what they want. Yeah, exactly. This isn't what you came here for, and I get it. But that just goes to show, like, this is the type of stuff that I talk about that, like, I don't know if I'm being weird, you know, like, on a first date when I'm like, oh, let me tell you all about the the thing that we just talked about, you know? Like, mm-hmm. but yeah, but it's like, that. those are the, that's the only, like, newsworthy thing that's happened this week, you know? At least, like, in my orbit. Right. So, like, you know, and obviously, like, you don't want to talk about, like, political stuff, so you want to talk about, like, lighthearted current events, right? Yeah, and you want to, like, assume they're also, like, of the same mind as you and kind of, like, you yeah. know, it's just, you know, it's just, it'll make you feel better. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wouldn't, like, date anybody who was, like, who I wouldn't be able to, like, have, like, a cordial conversation about politics with, obviously. But it's still, like, not a topic that I like to talk about, really. Those aren't the current events that I really want to touch because it's not something I really like talking about. And then, like, the stuff that I do like talking about is all pretty, like, weird and niche. And, like, most people might think it's weird that I know this about. I don't know. I I need to just, like, leave it alone and just be myself. But, yeah, I mean, it's a combination of, like, nothing's going on and then also forgetting how to just, like, be a normal-ass person. Hopeless dope Do you have any, like, terrible date stories? Yeah, this is, like, this was, like, the weirdest thing. (laughs) And I like still just think about it sometimes. And I was like, why does she make me do that? I like was talking to somebody on Tinder and we like decided to have like a mini day. Like it was just like chilling, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, A hang. Yeah. A hang. You know, we like smoked. We like watched some stuff, whatever. And then we were listening to music and she made me like freestyle. Right. Which is like, I don't know. like (laughs) That has that has like I've like done that two people I've dated, like, been in a relationship with. And it's, like, a fun thing to do. <laughs> or, like, with Christian, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but... But that's uh, kind of putting you on the spot, though. You see, know? that's the thing. Like, you know, maybe I had mentioned it in the Tinder chat, so it was like, you know, like, oh, we get one beat. All right, I'm going to spit over the beat. Aha, those are, like, the best lines I could come up with off the jump. Whatever, whatever. Yeah. But then she, like, kept getting, like, more serious with it. She was like, rap again. Like, and like would look at me and nobody's going to be able to see my eyes, but they, there was like a steel intent in it. And it was just like, rap again, get another beat, rap again. <laughs> oh my God. They weren't coming out good. And I was just like, what is going on? And then it like, I, the date ended maybe like 40 minutes after that. And then I was just like, why? <laughs> yeah. Like, I felt like I was auditioning for like TDE or something. Like, <laughs> it was wild. And it is, it was, that's the weirdest thing that's ever happened i feel like there are some people that just treat a first date like a sport like a competitive sport professional daters yeah (laughs) yeah where they just like want to like it's weird it's like are they trying to like put you in your place are they trying to like domineer you 
Are they like testing you? Are they trying to like compete with you? Like, what is it? Mm -hmm. Maybe that was like a test. Like, I think testing somebody in terms of like what they know or like what they don't know, you know. But but the way that she went about it just seems like very aggressive, though. I don't yeah, it was like weird. That. <laughs> I would be really up- upset by that. I feel like fucking leave me alone, dude. <laughs> um, but she was like, in my house, so it was it was like you know, like leave. <laughs> you know, I couldn't get peace until then. Yeah, I feel like there's something really vulnerable about having like a new person in your living space, like because I don't know, like. They're going to ask you about, like, different, like, knickknacks that you have and, like, different stuff on your wall, you know? And, like, I mean, in L.A., like, the go-to conversation about, like, your living space is, like, oh, this is cool. Like, how much you pay for this place? Like, that's pretty (laughs) normal. Totally, like, but you can only have that conversation for so long. Mm -hmm. And then it gets into, like, oh, tell me about, like, the art on your wall and, like, stuff like that. I'm just, like... It it gets really intimate really quickly. Right. You, you know? gotta keep it fresh. Yeah. Yeah. Or it's just like a weird level of like you're really exposing yourself when you let somebody into your living space, you know? Yeah, definitely. It, it's it's a good thing and a bad thing. Like you feel like there's a lot of stuff that you can talk about because I mean, and that's clearly like what they're doing. Like they're pointing out different shit like on your wall or like knickknacks and stuff and being like oh like what's this like tell me about it like it's I get it and there's like a part of it where it's like a really good like way to like keep a conversation going or like pick up a conversation like when it kind of like dwindles down but then it's also like you feel like very exposed right there's no like when you meet somebody at a bar like, you can put up a lot of airs, but when they're in your house, like, not so much. Uh, There's, like, nowhere else to go once you're at your house. Because yeah. you're, you're already there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And there's, no, and there's no more, like, mystery about it. You're kind of, like, it's all out in the open. Yeah. They know, like, how you live. And, like, and then, like, as, like, a female, uh, there's always, like, an expectation. Like, when you invite a guy over to your house they kind of like assume that you're gonna sleep with them and uh which you know nine times out of ten is true i mean if i'm not if i don't want to fuck you i'm probably not gonna invite you over to my house right although with you know the rona we were we were gonna try to go to a bar like that had outdoor seating and whatnot uh and then nothing we couldn't find anything that was open that like we wanted to go to so we ended up just coming over So that complicates things. Yeah, I'm not really surprised that no no bars were opening. I've seen like somebody who lives from L.A. a lot is like, yeah, I want to go to my local spots, but they're like all closed. And he'll like he does like lives in the car. So he'll drive by and be like, that bar's closed. That bar's closed. So, yeah. 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 Or they're just like closing really early and then like you can't doesn't work out. But not having that like medium space so to speak is a that neutral location yeah yeah definitely just jumps things too your house is not like a neutral location so it like raises the stakes a lot Mm -hmm. it's like a good thing and a bad thing like gives you something to talk about but it's also like you're really opening yourself up hopeless dope all right so a few years ago i think i was 20 at the time i was in the process of looking for a new apartment and I'd been driving around all day like looking at places 
And this guy that I'd been talking to hit me up and was like, hey, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, I'm on the west side looking at apartments. And he's like, that's crazy because I'm also on the west side. I'm like running some errands in Beverly Hills. Do you want to like meet up since we're in the same area? And I was like, yeah, sure. And I was driving. And so he was like, yeah, do you want to just like swing over to Beverly Hills where I am and like we can go get coffee? And I was like, sure. And I really had no problem like picking him up because I was like, oh yeah, like I'm already driving kind of in that direction. Like I'll just pick you up and we'll go get coffee. And at the time we were both living like near downtown. And so I pick him up from Beverly Hills (laughs) and I'm asking him like, oh, what were you doing over here? And he starts out super vague. He's like, oh yeah, I had like a, I have a belt from Louis Vuitton that I needed to get repaired. And I was like, okay, cool. Normal Aaron stuff. (laughs) Which then turns into him being like, yeah, I was like also, you know, just like going around looking for a job. And I was like, oh, okay. He says that kind of like offhandedly. And I didn't read much into it. It's like, yeah, people, people be looking for jobs. I'm not gonna like think less of you because of that. But then I ask him what he's doing currently for work. And he says, well, I was a bartender. And then I quit bartending so I could do music full time. Okay. Okay. And I didn't say this out loud, but I was like, okay, you quit your day job as a bartender to pursue music full time. Mm -hmm. But now you're in Beverly Hills looking for a job. That would have to be some uh, pretty interesting music. (laughs) But he wasn't looking for, like, jobs, like, in music. He was literally, like, trying to get, like, a retail job. And so I'm, like, I didn't say anything about it. But, like, in my mind, I was, like, okay, so you quit your job to do music full time. But clearly what you're saying is, like, now you're broke. So now you're looking for another job. He's pretty annoying. I'm already in my head by this point. I'm, like, yeah, I don't like this guy. And so we go downtown and we go get coffee at a place called Verve. And look, I always do the thing where I pull out my wallet to at least like pay for myself or to offer to pay for myself. Like I'm fine with like, if I don't know you very well and especially if the date's not going well, like I'm not gonna offer to pay for both of us and I'm not going to assume that you're going to pay for both of us. I'm just gonna pay for myself so that like we're even, right? I pull out my wallet and he's like, oh, you're getting it? Sick. And I'm like, oh man. And I'm like, no. And I'm just like, and me being me, I was like, yeah, totally. I just like go along with it and I pay for the drinks. Uh, And then we're just like sitting and having coffee and talking and he's annoying and whatever. And then uh, he tries to like keep hanging out with me and I like, I'm really like trying to leave. And I'm like, oh no, we need, like, I need to get out of here. Like, what the fuck? And then eventually he's like, oh, like, yeah, if you gotta go, like, do you mind just dropping me off at my place? Oh, no. And so, uh, so I'm like, all right, sure. And then he gets into my car and he's like, hey, do you mind if I play some music? Uh. And I'm like, yeah, go ahead. He puts his phone on, starts playing some music. He asks me, what do you think of this music? And I'm like, I really don't like this. And I like go into all the, I don't remember exactly what I said, but I go into all the reasons why I like think it's kind of shitty. And he like is like, oh, well, it's actually my music. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Which we all saw that one coming. Um, 
I should have seen that coming, but I was like so over it at that point that like, I was just like, no. I drop him off at his shitty apartment in fucking Westlake. No offense to Westlake. I live Westlake adjacent. Like Westlake's fine, but like, fuck this guy. All right. <laughs> and and I'm just like driving to wherever I was going. And I'm just thinking like, I feel like that dude just like conned me for a ride home. <laughs> like, like, I feel like that was just a long con of him trying to like get a ride home from the west yeah. side. Yeah. Because like, if you're familiar with like LA geography at all, you'll know that like the west side where we were, like Beverly Hills, Century City area, is nowhere near downtown LA. And we both lived like near downtown LA. He lived in Westlake, which is right by downtown. And I lived like on the south end of downtown, which is super fucking far from the west side. At the time of day that it was, it was a weekday, like it probably would have been like 20 or $30 Uber for him. So I feel like... I just, like, he was just trying to, like, long con me so that he could get a free ride home. Right. That was an uncomfortable scam. (laughs) Yeah, dude, I got scammed, my guy. And unfortunately, I feel like that's, like, the story a lot with, like, dating in, like, your early to mid-20s is, like, everybody is shitty. I also feel like men age, like, men who live in LA age so much slower. Mm Mm-hmm. In LA, it's like the type of place where like, it's okay for you to be like 30 and like still have roommates. That's like totally acceptable. But like, I'm not trying to date that person. I'm just (laughs) not. I'm just not. That sounds really judgmental of me. But also like, you need to have your standards. You need to hold people to, to a certain expectation. I mean, I will also say that like, this was at a time in my life where I probably was a little less discerning and a little less picky about like who I went out with. And now that's definitely changed. I feel like if you are trying to, when you have like a specific set of standards and like you know what you want, it also gives you like a greater sense of self maybe in a bit. Like I feel, yeah. I feel that way. Yeah. I don't know. Like you, you're more, you're, you're then more sure of yourself. Yeah. I feel like the, the, the greatest enemy to like having like a decent dating life is desperation. Like you just can't get desperate because that's when you settle. And I think that was at a time in my life where I was just like cool with whatever and down for whatever. I remember that story so vividly because it was like a moment where I was like, yeah, I guess I'm not down for anything. And also always have an exit strategy. Always have a reason to leave. Don't end up in a situation where it's like you're their ride home. Uh, (laughs) You got to subject yourself to the rest of that day yeah yeah or like where it's gonna be like difficult for you to leave without them you know because that's how I felt in that scenario I was in a situation where like it would have been really hard for me to just like be like all right I gotta go and then like bounce you know like I, I don't know maybe if I had more of a backbone at that point in my life maybe yeah dude always like Uh, have your own ride home no matter what like even if you think that like they're probably gonna like drive you home or whatever you know always be willing to like pay for the uber home so that you can get out of there if you need to you know also if i'm if you're a musician and you're dating i'm rolling my eyes at you i'm sorry i am but uh don't fucking ask to like play music in somebody's car and then play your own music but don't tell them that and then ask them if they like it yeah it sucks don't play your own music for somebody that you barely know on like a first date. Like that's so fucking, no one wants to listen to your music. You know how uncomfortable that is for the other person? 
Mm-hmm. It's incredibly fucking uncomfortable. Don't do it. That would be like me showing up to a date and being like, hey, do you want to look at my like design portfolio? Like, no, no, I wouldn't fucking do that. That's weird. Like me showing up to a first date. Hey, listen to my podcast. Like, fuck off. Like, absolutely not. Look at this tweet that got a lot of uh, likes in 2017. That's all oh I'm about. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't do that shit, dog. I mean, self-awareness is key, dude. Yeah, I just, I think like, I think in this time of COVID uh, where dating is really hard, I mean, it's really nice to not be dating, but it's also like getting to the point where it's like, all right, I've been like by myself for months now and I'm going a little bit nuts. So what do I do? And yeah, I don't know. I guess like the whole point of this episode is just to be like, I'm with you, dog. Like, I don't know how to be a person. I don't have any like words of wisdom for you. I don't have anything helpful to say. All I have to say is like, yeah, I don't fucking know how to be a person either right now. So I will say I'm still the problem in a lot of areas. But where I'm not the problem now is on Tinder because I was like, all right, you know what? I'm just going to respond. And I did that. And then I got ghosted and I was like, oh, thank God. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like it it felt good. But then they messaged me back and I was like, ah, so I got to get back into it because I don't want to be the bad guy. That's the thing. Like I I would. Yeah. I feel better knowing I've been ghosted than having done the ghosting Uh, yeah and you really are the bad guy right now i mean i I think i said this in like a previous episode when we talked about you being the problem where i said that like you know again like with the whole just like being more discerning being picky like caring about yourself enough to like have like a high standard like just unmatch people if you're not like excited about them messaging you back no well i wanted to like you know, get to know them because it's like, right. We look, but it's also we, like the pressure of like, oh, now, now we're doing it. Yeah, and it's just like, I, I that's the thing. I'm not like trying to like keep up with the messages so as to like keep up with them, but it's like I'm at least doing as much as I can on my yeah. part. So that and that's all you can like really you know hope for. And if it's not there, it's not there. Yeah, I definitely have to be like in a certain mindset to to like flirt with people via like text or dms or whatever and it's definitely like a specific mood that i have to be in to be like down for it yeah i usually spend at least like 30 minutes coming up with like the dumbest name pun pickup line Mm -hmm. because then they'll be like haha it's pretty good tell me about your cat and then i'll be like this is the spiel on ash and then Let's talk about music. And then somebody recently was like, where are you in your personal journey? And I was like, damn, that's <laughs> that's, that's deep. deep. <laughs> that's deep. That's too deep. Fuck you. Fuck that person. You sound like a really well-adjusted person and you can go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah. And then they asked me about what I'm reading and I was like, I don't read. <laughs> like, Yeah, uh, fuck. I'm like, I don't read. I just like watch a lot of like bullshit on YouTube and Twitch and whatever. <laughs> But at the very least, I vocalized that I do not read <laughs> yeah. and that I'm terrible with personal growth. Um, Where are you in your personal journey? Fuck that person. I was like, uh, at the beginning? like <laughs> Jesus. I'm just going to say it again. They sound like a really well-adjusted person who can go fuck themselves. Yeah. I'm not down. I think what it is is like, don't trust normies dude you know if you're listening to this podcast you probably have like some weird fucking like brain shit going on like we do Mm -hmm. 
you gotta like crate dig you know you gotta crate dig for the weird people you know (laughs) yeah like i don't know man i don't i don't think i could date somebody who doesn't have at least like one like psychiatric issue Mm-hmm. you know it's like what you got a little depression a little generalized anxiety you know you gotta have something for me to like feel okay about you yeah unless they have like a brain thing going on and they're not getting help for it because also fuck that person mm-hmm. like they're putting you in a weird spot you know your mental health is not your fault but it is your responsibility and like if you're gonna go out and like fucking date people beyond just like trying to like hook up with people like if you have, like, issues that you're not dealing with, I think you need to at least, like, be working on them. Because, like, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm, like, totally, like, mentally, like, 100%. Like, absolutely not. But, like, it's a thing that I am actively working on and getting, like, the appropriate, like, medical help for. Right. You know? And if they're not at least doing that, like, you're just asking for trouble. Definitely. It's like, before you get on Tinder, go to therapy. (laughs) Don't make Tinder your therapy. Yeah, don't make Tinder. Yeah, don't make Tinder your therapy. Because believe me, I've done that too. When I went through a really bad breakup a few years ago, I talked about this a few episodes back about like how, actually, maybe not a few episodes back. I talked about this like a while ago where uh, I just like went on like a bender and I was like, oh, if I like have a bunch of drugs, like, people will want to hang out with me, and then I won't be alone. Uh, you and Christian were there for that. And then I, like, went out and, like, you know, dated a bunch of randos, and it definitely, like, ended with me, like, crying on the bathroom floor. A dude was, like, still in my bedroom, and I'm, like, in the bathroom, on the bathroom floor crying, and he's just, like, in there, and I'm, just like god maybe if i stay in here long enough he'll just leave that was that was also the night that i deleted my twitter a lot of happenings yeah so like tinder is not therapy deal with your shit before you fuck around with other people's shit and that's the end of that yeah yeah that's good advice yeah i think so i think so it was very cathartic to get that uh rap date out because like oh man i just think about it sometimes and it's like why (laughs) Yeah, no, that really, like, weirds me out, dude. That's so weird. Like, I feel like sometimes we downplay these stories in our head, and then when we say them out loud, like, you realize how fucking weird it was. You're like, oh, no, I'm not, like, overreacting. Like, this is actually fucking weird. This is a weird thing to do. I don't know if it was the worst date I've ever been on, but it's up there. No, it's definitely the worst. And you know what? Yeah, it's the worst. I'm sure if I thought about it long and hard enough, I probably have, like, worse ones. But I've suppressed them in my memory. Yeah, that's the one that sticks with you most yeah. principally. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty bad. It was pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it was pretty bad. All right. Well, this has been the Pretty Girl Pill Club. Take your meds. Uh, go to therapy before you get on Tinder. Drink some water. And we'll see you later. Yeah, and uh, follow us. <laughs> oh, that. fuck. Yeah. I fucked it up. Uh, yeah, and follow us on Instagram at the Pretty Girl Pill Club and on Twitter at PGPC Pod. Uh, there's also the Public Notice Twitter, which is it's just at Public Notice LLC, right? Yeah. Ronnie runs the Public Notice Twitter. His tweets are fire, so uh, you can follow us there. And then show notes, as always, will be on PGPCPod.com. And then if you have any like comments questions concerns complaints you can email us 
at pgpcla at gmail.com or you can always slide into our dms and leave us reviews and whatnot on itunes and all that stuff but uh with all that said we'll uh, see you later bye bye of the 20th century in the United States of America, hundreds and hundreds of teenage boys and girls are becoming hopeless dope addicts every year. It's fantastic. fantastic. fantastic.